Hello, this is Marlena Birch with the Saskatchewan Wheat Market Outlook for July 31st. More detail on the wheat markets can be found in the written report on the SaskWheat website. First, some overall comments on last week's markets. Well, the world seems in disarray. We have wars and disputes in various regions and strange weather conditions across the globe. It makes price forecasts very challenging. And as a consequence, futures markets are extremely volatile, but they are also thin. There have been very few significant wheat purchases of late, of cash wheat, I should say, and it seems that buyers are holding off, afraid to make mistakes in this environment. Cash markets in neither Europe nor the US fully followed the futures gains, and the weak or cheap basis is a common theme here. Futures remain volatile, and last year's futures closes were as follows. September, Chicago winter wheat closed at 7.04, up 7 cents on the week. And September, a contract, Kansas hardware winter wheat closed at 8.56, down 4 cents on the week. And September, Minneapolis hardware spring wheat closed at 8.96, up 8 cents on the week. We note that Matif milling wheat futures in Europe are down 6 to 7.75 euros per ton this Monday morning. And CBOT wheat futures are currently also down 38 cents today. In terms of cash trades last week, there's still very few significant purchases to note. Taiwan bought 108,000 tons of various types of US wheat for fall shipment. And Bangladesh is ten tendering for 50,000 tons of milling wheat, and the tender closes tomorrow on August 1st. U.S. export sales remain weak, and they're down cumulatively by 32% against last season and against the USDA's projected 4.5% decline. So to continue, here some of last week's news by major wheat origin and per usual starting with Canada. Well, topsoil moisture in Saskatchewan continued to decrease and is rated at 15% adequate, 48% short, and 37% very short by Saskatchewan agriculture. And according to SaskAg on Thursday, spring wheat ratings fell another 15 points in Saskatchewan to 35% good excellent, 41% fair, and 24% poor to very poor. Have a look at the graphs in the written test for an impression of how crop conditions have dropped since uh, late May. In Alberta, spring wheat ratings fell another one point over the past two weeks to 45.3% good to excellent. So it's a little bit better there. And US spring wheat ratings by NAS as of July 23rd showed uh, spring wheat at 49% good to excellent, 35% fair, and 16% poor to very poor. The good to excellent rating fell by two points from last week and is 19 points lower than last year's 68% good to excellent rating. However, following the trip, the North, Deca North Dakota wheat crop tour reported better than average yields. Spring wheat in Russia is experiencing heat and dryness, um, which has been persisting for a while. Regarding Canadian exports, 
Canadian wheat exports in week 51 were 250,000 tons for a season total of 19.2 million tons. So Canada may just reach the AFC's export target of 19.65 million tons for 22-23. Moving on to Durham, we did a significant drive across the three prairie provinces over the previous two weekends. And the common theme was huge variability in crop conditions that we saw even within small areas, depending on where the showers happen to land. But in the southern areas, in Saskatchewan, Alberta, um, soils were generally depleted and crops looked poorly, even where the crops enjoyed a good start in the spring. There was little left in the soils to sustain them and when you duck down, there's very little moisture. Since then, it has been warm and precipitation has remained local with no widespread sustained rains. So SASCAG came out with new crop ratings on Thursday, showing that Durham ratings fell another 10 points since June 10 to 16% good to excellent, 34% fair and 51% poor to very poor as of July 24th. Have a look at the graphs. Alberta Durham ratings um, came in at 30.3%, down four points over the last two weeks. There have been some private yield estimates made for the 23 crop, the 23 Durham crop that point towards uh, roughly 24% yield loss from the average. And that would work out to around six, 26 bushel per acre. We think it's perhaps a bit early to make this judgment and tend to think the number could still be low if we get some rains. For what it's worth, Agriculture and Agri-Food was using a yield of 35.3 bushel per acre on July 21st in the last publication. Regarding prices, we think of particular note is the high Durham milling wheat spread in some areas of Europe, up to 140 bucks a ton. And on the price as well, the premium of Durham to spring wheat in the cash bits has risen to about 220 a bushel or $81 a ton with some private estimates taking the Durham crop to below 4 million tons for the year. The question is if this spread can widen more or if it will narrow from here on in. So average yields in Canada and the US will have to be watched with that respect. Durham exports in week 51 were just 43,000 tons for a season total of 5 million tons of exports. That's about double what we had last year. The struggling Canadian crop and expectations for higher prices will make farmers reluctant sellers. And given prevailing conditions, we would not sell more Durham at the present time. Moving to the US, as mentioned, the North Dakota wheat crop tour landed with an above average yield forecast. And against that, US export sales are still weak, down 32% against last season. Australia remained quiet, but wheat futures also climbed to the highest weekly close in five months last week. On the other hand, Asian buyers are still largely absent. Argentina also remained quiet. Um, the planting update by Bash, the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange, showed 96% of the crop planted. 
and they showed a surprisingly high 72% of the crop to be set in good or optimal condition. Given the dryness there, that's truly amazing. Regarding India, the US Ag Attaché to India lowered his 23-24 wheat production forecast by 5.5 million tons to 108 million tons. This compared to the earlier official USDA number of 113.5 million tons. Domestic prices there remain well above their minimum support prices. In the EU, the European uh, Commission cut its forecast for soft wheat to 126.4 million tons, down from 128.9 last month. And they also lowered ending stocks by 3 million tons, or 3.1 to be precise, to 17.4 million tons. Rainy conditions are forecast for much of Northern Europe. And given they are already harvesting, this might create challenging harvest conditions and support quality concerns. It seems that commercials went from net long there to net short, implying there was more farmer selling and subsequent hedging. In the Black Sea, we can see that the Russian harvest is around 20% complete and is running slower than normal with protein, sprout, and moisture issues. But the Black Sea really remains about geopolitics. According to the Ukrainian deputy prime minister, Russian airstrikes have damaged 26 port facilities and five civilian vessels over the last nine days. And there were videos showing the destruction of a Nibelon facility. So to summarize what we consider most significant over the past week, uh, there was another two point drop in US spring wheat ratings to 49% good to excellent. Last year we had 68. And private estimates of the Canadian all wheat crop are dipping towards 31 million tons compared to the USDA's 35 million tons. On the other hand, there are very few significant wheat purchases. In fact, it has been about 90 days since Egypt had their last significant purchase. This is the longest stretch without GASC purchases in a decade. In fact, US export sales are still down 32% against the USDA's expectations of 4.5%. The wheat market seems paralyzed by two opposing anxieties the fear of the next limit down move because of some real or perceived progress on the corridor, or the next move up because of a disruption to the Danube and or Kerch Strait. Neither cash markets in Europe nor the US fully followed the futures gains, and weak or cheap bases are a common theme. So how would we summarize the week? Well, we have rarely seen the world of wheat in such disarray with wars and disputes and strange weather conditions, and this is making price forecasts very challenging. And we note that while futures were extremely volatile, they are also very thinly traded. Meanwhile, there's a heightened sense of awareness in the market regarding the risks to Russian and Ukrainian exports. And there's also cognizance that harvest has arrived in Europe and is bringing grain in. With grain to be distributed, the market cannot stay paralyzed for a very long time. What is surprising to us is that buyers have been absent when black sea wheat is still quite cheap. And when there's a lot of uncertainty regarding forward logistics. We worry that financial problems are affecting overall demand 
and this might render higher priced North American wheat harder to place. However, as far as Canada is concerned, we don't suggest any cash sales or any additional cash sales while current weather, weather conditions prevail. This is Marlene Börsch with the Saskatchewan Wheat Market Outlook. You can find the complete report online at saskwheat.ca. Have a great week.